Hello, everybody. It's another episode of Clarification. I'm James Clary of the Clarification, along with my buddy Russell West. How you Howdy. doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing good. Hey, good to see you, man. Uh-huh. You know, uh, last show we were we kind of set the framework for this show. We talked about uh, psyops and what a psyop was, and how the OSS became the CIA, and how intelligence agencies use psyops to influence people but you know today we're going to get into more specifics it's a little bit darker than just influence the media i mean we're talking murder we're talking assassinations bombings where thousands of people die we're talking war Mm -hmm. and psyops first uh came into being under war so i wanted to today to go over some specific operations that our government along with our allies in the West, have undergone. It's like one of the earliest that's very well known. And now this is all documented. You can look all this and stuff up. I'm not pulling this out of my ass. You well, know? too, and I kind of wanted, because I, I learned this in the last episode. I just want to make it yeah. uh, kind of, again, I, I, I thought PSYOPs were just almost just like, uh, you know, dosing people or doing something specific to a certain individual for a certain outcome. Right. Um, I hadn't considered the population aspect to it. So yeah. a lot of these have effects on geopolitical movements oh, and, yeah. and entire so like, populations. Like we talked about the Vietnam War, winning mm-hmm. hearts and minds. Same yeah. thing we did in Afghanistan and yep. Iraq. So it's You it's, try and change the whole population, but you do it in, in a number of different ways. You can do gladio operations, which are sometimes called false flags. Okay. That's where you do a violent act and you blame it on your enemy. Okay, right. we did this over and over in Europe after World War II. Mm-hmm. We would bomb a train station or assassinate a political activist who's on our side, and then we would blame the communists for it. And the communists did the same thing. I mean, this is, you know, that's that way. It's a very dirty game. The gladio yeah. operations were just, I mean, the stuff they did... I mean, it was terrible. But in 1954, the CIA undertook Operation PB Success. And that was to overthrow the democratically elected Jacob Arbnez in the Guatemalan coup d'etat. Carlos Castillo Armas replaced him as a military dictator. And this is another aspect that we need to throw in there. That one specifically was done on behalf of sugar. You've heard of Big Pharma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was Big Sugar. Sugar's always been a big, even in the colonial days, it was a very big political product. Well, it was a huge product. cash crop. Mm-hmm. So Arbnez, the Guatemalan leader, nationalized the uh, American sugar companies. He nationalized, which means he took them over. Right, I bet they're like, like we're not going to let that stand. So yeah. we assassinated him. We supported the military to go in, capture him, kill him, and we put our own guy in there. Mm. And a lot of these, we did this in several South American countries, and it seems like we always put in some military thug, Noriega in Panama. Right, that was our guy, <laughs> Saddam Hussein in Iraq. People forget. Guess who put him in power? We yeah. did. Hmm. And then when we don't like where they're going, we just get another one. Yeah. I mean, it's... Time and time again. You know, we have no business doing this stuff, but we got so used to it, you know. Let's talk about this. uh, So that was a sugar operate? I mean, that was... Guatemala. So let's talk about uh, Angola. 
I want to. We got a video. I want to. I want to show you. And is this part of that? Uh, yeah, about Angola. Angola. Yeah, that uh, the one I sent you. Ty, yeah, I believe that's it. All right, let's uh, throw this on here. This just gives you an idea of how the Angolan War started. But did it? John Stockwell, wearing the cross, worked for the CIA for 12 years. As a colonel, his last assignment was to run the U.S. campaign in Angola. The basic theme was to make it look like a, a Russian-Cuban aggression in Angola. And so any kind of story that you could write and get into the media anywhere that, that pushed that line, you did. Uh, one third of my staff in this task force was covert action, was propagandists, whose professional career jobs was making up stories and finding ways to get them into the press. In 1975. Yeah, so he goes on to talk about how he had a reporter, and uh, I was telling you this uh, before we went on air, that he'd take this guy out to drinks, liquor him all up, and he'd say, oh, yeah, we just did this operation against the Soviets uh, over there. And so this guy would print it, and then the AP Reuters, they'd all pick it up, it's printed all over the world, and it was all total bullshit. And Ang I, remember, I remember the Angola conflict, and in my mind, you remember how I said in the, in the last show that uh, we, we, make, we see the world and we make up pictures in our head? So when, I, yeah. when you said Angola to me, I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's the place that the Cubans and the Russians went in and took over. When the truth was we went in there, there was a democratically elected president who happened to have Marxist leanings, and we didn't want that. And the, Angola's a very, why? Angola's a very rich country as far as resources, diamonds, oil. So we go in there, and then the press, we control the press globally, at least the Western press. Mm -hmm. And that's why I encourage people to watch like RT sometimes, just to get a different perspective. But we got, now here's the, the, one of the craziest stories, Angola. They showed these women Young women, like 15, 16 years old, Angolan women, claim to have been raped by Cuban soldiers. Jeez. Then they show these Cuban soldiers getting arrested, right, mm -hmm. and confessing to the rape. Then, this is how crazy it is, then they give these girls weapons and they show these women executing their rapists. Well, guess what? It was all total bullshit. Hmm. It was a Hollywood production. Did you ever see the movie Wag the Dog? Mm -mm. Dustin Hoffman. Wag the Dog is a is a, he was a political candidate, and it was I think he actually held office. It's been a long time since seen it, but it was all about this how Hollywood creates this stuff, and it gets out in the press, and we believe it. So, hmm. yeah, but yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, if so another, it's, it's a bloodless intervention. Yeah, so the, you know, the next one, we overthrew the legitimate government of Premier Mohammad Mossadegh in Iran, and we reinstate the Shah of Iran. And Iran, Iran remained a solid Cold War ally of the United States until the revolution into the Shah's rule in 1979. But mm. we put the Shah in there. It was another military dictatorship. He was our guy. 
you know, and it doesn't matter what the people vote for. And, you know, it's happened in our country. So there's sure. a massive number of countries that we've used psychological operations for regime change. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the biggest, well, it was the biggest uh, scandals in the 80s was the Iran-Contra affair. Right. Now, there's been several movies made kind of about the Iran-Contra affair. It is such a cloak and dagger, deep rabbit hole. Mm. But there was a movie called Kill the Messenger. Okay. And I know you've heard of Mina. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mina, Arkansas. Yeah. There was a movie called Mina. And it was about the fact of, uh, it was based on the life of this CIA pilot who was flying drugs. Barry Seal? Barry Seal. Yeah. Very good. I can't remember his uh, name. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise did that American Made on Barry Seal. Did you ever watch oh, that one? no. Huh? That was a great movie. Oh, really? That yeah, was maybe five or six years ago. Great movie. So, in Nicaragua, the ruling party elected were Marxists, the Sandinistas. Well... Of course, we got to fight communism. You know, here's the, I saw another interview with, it might have been that same guy we showed in the Angola vid video, but <clears throat> he was remarking, he's like, look, when Vietnam ended, we had 2,000 black ops specialists that are now sent back to the office sitting there going, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. You know, these are guys that have been out in the field assassinating people, setting bombs, you know, all the stuff. We do the good things, too, helping, you know, funding schools, whatever. And well, now you got to justify your job. Yeah, and now all of a sudden they got nothing to do. So we got into Angola. We got into Iran. And, you know, Reagan, you know, the more everyone said, Reagan was the greatest president. But, I mean, he did a lot of bad stuff. I'm telling you that. There was a, a journalist named Gary Webb. He worked for the Mercury News in uh, California. I think it's San Diego. He did a three-part series, and it was all how this drug money, this is such a deep story, but it was all about how this these drugs were being flown from Latin America and they're taken to San Francisco, but particularly to L.A., cocaine, and they made it in the form of crack. Now, you've probably heard the conspiracy theory. The U.S. government got the black population oh, hooked on crack. Conspiracy theory, because you had, uh, what, uh, what's his name? White Boy Rick and all those guys that yeah. just came out yeah, and said. Yeah, what was his name? Rick, Rick Ross, I think. Yeah, Rick Ross. Yeah. I mean, he's admitted this. Yeah. He knew he was working with government people. Mm -hmm. Where Mina comes in, Mina was a little town in Arkansas, and it was the first stop when they came over the border from South America, they flew into Mina. Why Arkansas? Bill Clinton was the governor of right. Arkansas at the time. He was brought into it. Now, you got to remember, this was under Reagan. Who was the CIA director under Reagan? George Bush. Mm -hmm. Okay? You know how the Bushies and the Clintons have always been buddies, even though they're supposedly so right. far apart politically? Bullshit. Oh, yeah. They're That's totally together. That. Clinton used to have the highway patrol go out to this small airport in Mina and escort these planes loaded with dope to make sure nobody stopped them. And this was all uncovered. 
by Barry Seal admitted yeah, to yeah. all this. But but Gary Webb series was was amazing because he talked about he talked to Rick Ross. He had all these sources that were showing how this crack was sold. But then which you the Iran Contra con, the Contras were the group fighting against the Sandinistas. Contra against. Yes. So what we would do is we buy arms, weapons with the money from the drugs to arm the Contras. And right. Congress had specifically passed a law that said it's illegal without congressional approval to give arms to mm-hmm. other countries to and other uh, groups. Right. Yeah. Right. So this was all under the board. This was all against the law. what better way than, uh, you know, unmarked drug money? I right. Mean, it's, I mean, it's Reagan honestly could have been impeached for this shit. Oh, I mean, I, he claimed he had no I think knowledge. He probably of should have. Uh, well, who's our buddy there with his arm up? Oh, uh, the heck, Peter Rose. Oh no, uh, Oliver North. Yeah. Well, Oliver North was actually the director of these operations. And, you know, he claimed he didn't know anything about drugs, but I think it was Barry Seal and other pilots testified that he got onto the plane and there were coolers full of cocaine on the plane. So he was the one that arranged the uh, sale, you know, arranged the pickup. Somebody else, Rick Ross, handled the actual distribution, but North took the money, bought the weapons, and he got back in the jungle and armed the Contras with these illegally bought weapons. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's basically all how con- that works. Like confirmed. Oh, stuff. I mean, it's but, not even a it's not even a, well, a conspiracy theory. Well, yeah. Let me tell you, um, uh, Gary Webb paid a dear price for this. What I mean, to him? well, you know, he did this three part series. I wish I could remember the uh, the name of the series. It's dark something, but, uh, the CIA, he tried to, he tried to interview the CIA. He tried to interview the department of defense, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody would take his calls. The, you know, when these stories came out, it was explosive, but of course the mainstream media being under the control, NBC, ABC, uh, New York, New York times, excuse me, New York times, not post Washington post compost, all of these mass media outlets wouldn't cover it. As a matter of fact, they did everything they could do to debunk it. And look, this was this guy was a real journalist. He had eight sources. And many of these sources were confirmed they'd actually testified in court to right. this stuff. So when he called the uh, FBI and the CIA and the Department of Defense to get a comment, they'd, say, oh, they'd either say, oh, it's classified, they wouldn't call him back at all, or they'd say, well, that's an ongoing court process. So they'd never comment on it. But he exposed all this shit. So his pay, he took so much heat. And the movie about him specifically is called Kill the Messenger. Okay. And it's an amazing movie. So his paper uh, sent him to some podunk town kind of as a slap on the wrist because they right. were getting so much pressure from D.C. for all this crap. So he said, all right, if you're going to send me here, uh, I'm not, you can't put my name on anything. 
It was called Dark Alliance, and it was for San Jose, not San Diego. Sorry, San Jose's Mercury News. Bomb cell investigation, the links between cocaine trade, Nicaragua's Contra Rebels, African-American neighborhoods, and California. So, I mean, and this, this enraged the black communities in, in California. They prompted congressional hearings, and, and it really led to the whole Iran-Contra deal where Major Oliver North, I don't know if you can get that picture of Ali. Uh, North, yep. But that's Ali. Yeah, there he is. So he, he basically took the fall for Reagan. I can't remember. He was stripped, I think, of some of his, and I really shouldn't speak out of hand because I don't remember exactly what happened to him. I do remember watching the hearings, and he claimed to have no knowledge of, you know, the drug trade or anything like that. But this was one of the major, major psyops that happened. We got to move along. Yeah. But yeah. the whole Iran-Contra thing. So really, this was in uh, 1981. The next... I would say major psyop was Desert Storm. And oh my God, what a psyop this was. And remember, this is not just being perpetrated. So deserts on the America or uh, on the rest of the world, it's the American people as well. The Iraqi military invaded their neighbor, Kuwait. Kuwait said it was a total act of aggression and that they did it specifically to get their oil. Now, the Iraqi side of it, which you never heard, and I didn't read this till years later, was that the Kuwaiti uh, drilling wells actually went down and they were tapping oil that was rightfully Iraq's, and that they tried to work it out. Kind of like would, there will be blood when he was sucking out all the uh, yeah. all the oil from underneath the yeah. ground of the guy that held out. Exactly. Exact same thing. But I don't know, you were probably too young to remember this, but before George Bush Sr. did a masterful job and his handlers and the CIA and the Department of Defense did a masterful job convincing people that Saddam Hussein, who remember was our guy, mm -hmm. that he turned into this evil man and he was just horrible. One of the main pieces, they had congressional hearings before we went to war. One of the main pieces of testimony, it's just, it's unbelievable thinking about it, but the fraudulent testimony of Nairia, a fifth, she was, we didn't know this at the time, that she was the 15-year-old daughter of the Kuwaiti ambassador to the U.S. She pretended to have volunteered in a Kuwaiti hospital. And in tears, she said, while I was in there, I saw the Iraqi soldiers come into the hospitals with guns and they go into the room where the babies are born and they left the babies on the cold floor to die, taking them out of the incubators. I remember this girl's testimony. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. those Iraqi soldiers, they were so horrible. It was all bullshit. She was the mm. daughter of the freaking Kuwaiti ambassador to the U.S. Why, she pretended they, to be this nurse. Why would they have someone so connected 
Because, I don't I guess know, maybe she had good she acting skills, whatever. I mean, all this came out later. It didn't come out at the time, of course. Mm. And then Wesley Powell, General Powell, kind of Wesley, Colin Powell. Wesley Powell, how do I know that name? Uh, Wesley Powell was an ethnologist. That has to oh, do with the giants <laughs> and everything. Oh, oh so okay, yeah. Colin Powell, General Colin Powell goes on, and they made the case that Saddam Hussein had... WMDs, remember that? Weapons mm. of Mass Destruction, which would be sarin gas, nuclear threat. They made the case to the American public. And Judith Miller, one of the most respected reporters at the New York Times, was like in lockstep with the Bush administration. Bush was president at this time. Bush Jr. Or not Jr. No, Sr. Before the Weapons of Mass Destruction, I thought that was... No, that was Bush Sr. Des this is Desert Storm. This right. is before This we, isn't the Cheney WMDs, like the whole yeah, reason that we Bush went. that's Bush Sr. That's, there were two, Well, wait a minute, hold on, let me tell you. There that's what I'm wondering. If there two was, wars in Iraq. Right, I know that. But the first, this the, was the second first one, one, we were in Afghanistan, and we ju had to justify why to go over to Iraq. No, no. Well, uh, yes. And they used WMDs no, and the cylinders no, and all that. No, you, you kind of, WMDs was Desert Storm, the first war. We went into Iraq, yes, they used the same excuse right. that he still had them. We didn't yeah. find them. The Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, right. that, that's why I was confused. I was like, well, right. I, cause in my lifetime, I remember, you know, Colin Powell saying, yes, we have all you know this what? information. You about know what? And now that I think about it. I think, I think you're right. And I think I'm wrong. I think you're right. I think you're totally oh. <laughs> right. No, I do. I do. I think you're right. That Colin Powell testimony was under George, because he was secretary, he was uh, absolutely he was right. Secretary Thank Defense you for correcting me. So the main reason we went in the first time mm -hmm. was because they had invaded Kuwait, a sovereign right, nation, right. and or then what, that girl's tearful testimony that Iraqi soldiers were killing babies out of the incubator. Then George Senior got fifty other countries to sign on. That was Desert Storm. Gotcha. You're absolutely okay, right. Okay. The second one, which let's get into that right now, was after. 9-11, uh, we invade Afghanistan because the the story was that these hijackers were all Al-Qaeda, and their training bases were in Afghanistan. Well, <clears throat> so we're in the middle of this war. We had no reason to evade Iraq. They had to create one. This is a major yeah, sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yep. absolutely right. I don't know why I got him accused. I told you I got no sleep last <laughs> yeah, night. I know. I know it's a freaking <laughs> excuse, but... Uh, That's why I'm here. Thank you, brother. I appreciate <laughs> it. So um, we go into Iraq, which cost a million lives. Well, that's funny. It, it, it didn't cost that many American lives. No. But Iraqi lives. Yeah. And the, mainly the civilians. Count, so yeah, civilians. The count is incredible. I mean, it's a genocide. Who was the um, whistleblower that was a, a transgender oh uh that released well, that chelsea went, manning chelsea manning very yeah. good but he was a guy when he released right. all the video the... but the video he released was just horrible we've talked about it mm -hmm. u.s helicopters going kill those hajis and it's like women and children and we're just mowing them down did the same fucking thing uh Vietnam. i mean it's just when you go to war it, it changes, changes you yeah. you. Yep. you know these soldiers I've heard horror stories from some of this stuff. So, oh, I mean, I mean, it's just crazy. So, you know what? 
But here's the real reason we went to Iraq. Show the video I, I sent you. Uh, I think it's uh, Wesley Clark. Uh, right there. Is it this one? Yep. I hope so. I think it is. Oh, nope. That's Contras. Right, or that's oh, that's Angola. Angola. Um, that's the other video oh, I sent you. I know I got it. I know I saw it. So I'll set this up. Yeah, go ahead and set this it up. This is General. It. It's right with those other ones. It's General Wesley Clark, and he was very high up in the uh, command structure. This is after we'd invaded Afghanistan. Right there, it says Clark. You're right above it. Right there, you had your mouse on it. This, the second from the left. This is just a meme here. Shoot some. Selfies. I can't see. Yeah, I've got it. I just have to bring it. Go ahead. Okay, so, well, I'll ruin the whole punchline because it's only about a 30-second video. But Clark Clark was very high up in the, there you go, in the command structure. We've already been to uh, Afghanistan. This is right after 9-11. I think it'll turn, won't it? There you go. All right, here we go. Volume. Wolfowitz, I went downstairs just to say hello back to some it up. people on the Start staff over. who had used, used to work for me, and one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you got a... About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon, and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint 10 staff days after who 9 used, used to work for me, and one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you got a... Come in. You got to come is in up and talk to me a second. I said, "Well, you're too busy." He said, "No, no." He says, you, "We've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq." This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, "We're going to war with Iraq. Why?" He said, "I don't know." <laughs> he said, "I guess they don't know what else to do." So uh, I said, "Well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to Al Qaeda?" He said. No, no. He says there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later. It's better. And by that time, we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said... He reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. Wow. That's called the seven countries in five years video, and it's one of the most widely watched. you got to remember, Wesley Clark was very high up in the chain of command. It's not like this yeah. dude was making this shit up. And you got to understand, we took, we tried to take out Syria. We, you know, to this day, we have troops in Syria. There was a report. From then, from back then? Yeah. We, we've never left. Hmm. We've got CIA people and troops. Oh, I'm sure we've in every got country them in every world. country. But yeah. no, there was an attack recently we were involved in. Taking out, and it's always taking out Al Qaeda. 
which leads me into the next thing. So the Iraq war goes on based on that nonsense. I mean, he said, why are we going to Iraq? Are they connected uh, Saddam to Al-Qaeda? No, just we have this military, and it's kind of like the Vietnam thing. Sure, sure. Well, we've got all this stuff. And and honestly, I've thought about this a lot. Before 9-11 in Afghanistan, we had no military presence in the in the middle east none in the middle east you know everything evolves around the middle east we had no military presence we now have i read it somewhere over i think it's 280 bases full bases with airfields all over the middle east we own the middle east and it was all 9-11 which was a total psyop right i mean 9-11 was a psyop and the worst case ever but it gets i mean it gets even worse we get a couple more and yeah man we're moving along yeah but uh, so seymour hirsch is one of the most was one of the most highly respected journalists in history he won more than one pulitzer prize writing for the paper of record the new york times okay Seymour Hersh did all this investigative work. Now, if you fast forward, if you remember 9-11 was under George Bush Jr., mm-hmm. who was elected after him in 2008? Obama. Barack Obama. So if you fast forward to, I think it was 2012, the director of the CIA was a guy named John Brennan. You might yeah, remember him. Uh, Seymour Hersh uncovered the fact do you remember, you remember when we had kind of defeated Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan? We'd blown up all their bases, right? Al-Qaeda was done. We'd gone into Iraq. We mowed them down. We needed a new boogeyman. Uh, let me back up a little bit. We took out Libya. That was one of the countries on that. And mm-hmm. we, we did it by bombing them. Remember the famous Hillary Clinton quote? We came, he saw, he died. Right. <laughs> and she chuckled about it. Is that it. Gaddafi? Yeah. Yep. Muammar Gaddafi, the president of Libya. There's a horrible video Dude, of, it, of them killing him. Yeah. We did that. We we gave air support to the group trying. Now, and, and again, we, he was our guy before that, right? He was our guy, and now Libya is in absolute chaos. It was the We've talked about it before. It was the richest country in Africa. Uh, there's an American couple that were living over there at the time this happened. They said it was the most wonderful country. They had some product they were selling for oil production. And their story is heartbreaking. I mean, they were captured by terrorists. They escaped. Anyway, that's a, another story for another day. I'm sure they'd do an interview with us. So John Brennan's head of the CIA. Obama, they needed a new boogeyman. Well, Seymour Hersh finds out, and this is not some fly-by-night journalist. This is a Pulitzer right. Prize. yeah. That the CIA under Brennan sent money and in a secret camp in Jordan, the country Jordan, and the Jordan prime minister has confirmed this, ISIS was created by the United States and the CIA. Through PSYOPs or through like literal funding and literal funding and formation. Funding and armed them. If you ever look at any old ISIS videos, they're all driving American trucks. And they've got American weapons. Some of them have AKs that they've captured. I've got a question. But but yeah, yeah, go ahead. So like Al Qaeda, technically we they could be created through a PSYOP because of our treatment of Afghanistan 
earlier in the well, 80s. Could well, that be considered a... Well, Al-Qaeda a, was our base. We created them, too, to oh, fight and armed right. them to fight yeah, the Russians. Yeah. The Russians were in Afghanistan. Osama bin Laden was the leader of the group trying to oust... Uh, I can't remember the... The leader in Afghanistan was a Russian-controlled. Russia right, was right, in there. So right. Russia's Proxy fighting a civil war. We basically beat the Russians by providing al-Qaeda with Stinger missiles that could take out Russian helicopters. Because mm. Russia kind of ruled the air. So we gave them these ground-to-air missiles that could take out a MiG. It's so funny that uh, all of this, every single one of these has backfired on America. Yeah. Well, or recycled or, or and we reused. Just recycled. Recycled and reused as a new uh, excuse to get over somewhere. Well, Seymour Hersh did. There's a great article. Look it up. He he claims his his uh, investigative reporting the whole uh, killed Osama bin Laden thing was total fabrication, I complete lie. Think it's bullshit too. It's total bullshit. We're, we've been hunting this guy for ten years, and fucking, we're gonna dump him and give him a nice remember, Muslim burial remember, at sea, wrapped yeah, in linens. Yeah, at sea, right, right, yeah. Remember when CNN found him in a cave in like twenty four hours and did an interview with him? But yeah. our whole military industrial complex can't find him. Give me a fucking break. I mean, yep. they really. The th the problem is so many people don't even think about this stuff for us. That's why we're doing this exactly. show. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I had a guy... Putting all these things together in context is kind of the idea of the show. Right. And how they tie together. How, how they all tie connected. together. Yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, uh, remember the ISIS videos? Yeah. Johnny Jihad, and they're always... The prisoner would be in an orange jumpsuit. Sure. And then it would always cut away right when they were cutting their head off. There's a picture, and you could probably look it up, ISIS soundstage. There's a picture of these being shot on a soundstage in London. And they actually identified that Johnny Jihad guy. He was a, he's a Western intel. I mean, that is a total psyop. We make ISIS out to be these brutal characters. Think about this. ISIS was created in 2012. Obama had four years... Remember the caliphate? No. ISIS took, well, the caliphate, ISIS said, we're going to create a caliphate, a kingdom, Muslim kingdom. They literally took over half of Iraq and a big portion of Syria. Well, you can, oh, wait, you had it, but go back. You oh. had, it was, it was on the upper right corner. This one here? Yeah. That's ISIS. That's one of those stupid videos they're shooting it on a soundstage. Remember, they were all supposed to look like they were in the desert? Yeah. See the guy in the desert? See the guy kneeling down? And there's the guy in black? Yeah. The ISIS guy? And they Got put the people in, in the cages. Back. And the green screens in the back. It's total bullshit. It's all contrived. All of those ISIS execution videos were bullshit. Now, I'm not to say there, there was a group of very bad men. We armed them. We trained them. Why? We wanted Syria. Mm -hmm. We wanted all that territory, and we wanted access to oil. Obama had four years. Remember he called ISIS a, what did he call them, a JV team? He goes, they're JV, man. He had casual. four years, and all ISIS did was expand their territory. Trump gets elected within two months. 
he had defeated ISIS. Yeah. yeah. Well, it really didn't have to defeat anything. All he had to do was issue Stop. a stand-down order. Yeah. You know, they were our guys. And Trump mm. didn't put up with that shit. I mean, he... It's crazy he, how he, he, he campaigned, kept his mouth shut. He campaigned on that. Yeah. He did it. Well, this sounds like it's pretty easy. <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, these were real people, these ISIS, but these executions well, were funny all... how ISIS is back as soon as Trump's out of office. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're back. It's, it's all staged bullshit. So I'm trying to get people to look at media, you know, with... As a production. A, we, we, with a production, but with a critical eye. You cannot believe anything you see on television or reading the newspaper. Now, I'm not saying there's no truth. There's almost always a nugget of truth. Like, there were ISIS bad guys, like I said. So let's move forward real quick to Ukraine, because that that's in the news today. Well, in 2013, we pulled off another Gladio operation in Ukraine. What we did is there was a, a, a uh, democratically elected government in Ukraine who kind of sided with Russia. Well, you have to remember, something like 75% of Ukrainian citizens speak Russian. They have family in Russia. They're very close. People want to make it out like Kiev and Moscow are at each other's throats. They're not. Right. So anyway, in 2013, there were anti-protests. It always starts with a protest, BLM, Antifa. There were anti-government protests. Right? These were staged by us. 50 people were shot in this protest and killed. Mm. Uh, I saw an interview with one of the shooters. He was like, yeah, they were our guys. We really didn't mean to kill that many. We were supposed to shoot at their legs. So then there was a phone call that was recorded and leaked by Victoria Newland, who was a... a not the ambassador. She was very high up in the State Department with Ukraine. And in the phone call, it, she she admits all the stuff. She didn't say, well, we shot fifty people. She said, well, we got our guy in there. We did it. We pulled it off. Mm. And that was Poroshenko, the guy that uh, eventually the whole Biden la Hunter Biden laptop thing. Right. The guy we installed was friendly to us. Remember, Biden was vice president of Obama sure. when all this stuff happened. The Biden family made millions off the Ukrainian deal. And Barista the and all that. Well, Burisma, Bur when Burisma, Hunter yeah. Biden was working for Burisma in Ukraine, the prosecutor said, I think they're doing shady business dealing. So uh, Biden is on record, and we talked about this, saying we were going to give a billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. He said, unless you call off that prosecutor who's prosecuting, uh, going after Burisma, you get no money. He was bragging about it, caught on video. Mm. And the guy said, well, you can't do that. You don't have the authority. He said, oh, is that right? Pick up the phone and call my friend Barack, and you see if I don't have the authority. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's all such shady, corrupt, it's not a little evil. It's pro quo to me. Duh. And they tried to get Trump, Trump on that stupid phone thing. call. No, it wasn't the same thing at all. Well, I you mean, know what? Trump, I, well, same same yeah, but charges, they, but Trump. But they tried to impeach Trump. Whatever happened I know, to yeah, Biden? Yeah. He bragged about it. Right, and that was a and phone nothing call happened to him. Something that actually happened. You know why nothing happened to him? When you side with the military mm -hmm. and the mega industrialists, you're fine. Mm -hmm. It's when you go against them. I mean, Trump said many times, "I'm going to drain the swamp." He talked about the deep state. He was the and look, I'm not. 
there's a lot of things about Trump I don't like, but he's one of the first presidents to ever even use the term deep state. Right. Well, in fairness, they though, it didn't really exist. Well, I guess it did exist. Just of not at the same level that it does now, I believe. With the well, it grows and, every year. Yeah. Yep. There was a deep state in 1940. It's, right, right. I mean, it was... Well, to the level it is today, yeah. I mean, well, or to where gets, people can see it. It's because we give them trillions. Well, uh, breadcrumbs? No, I mean, they've been leaving breadcrumbs of evidence. They've oh, been I'm doing saying, this shit I'm saying for a long time. I'm saying we fund them. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. To the tune of... Ah. Uh, so, but anyway, the uh, Oliver Stone actually did a documentary about that whole thing in Ukraine, and he talked about the outside party agitators were responsible for the killings. Many witnesses uh, and police officials believe these foreign elements were introduced by pro-Western factions with CIA fingerprints on it. Oliver Stone wrote that. Yeah. So, and then the, the Newland phone call. So, you know, where where are we now? This is what it brings us up to now. Uh, Sibel Edmonds, the FBI whistleblower that I mentioned who wrote the book Gladio B, says we're in a Gladio C. And we're not going to get deep because I know we've beat COVID to death, but COVID is a PSYOP. Go ahead and explain the A, B, and C again. It's just different stages of a gladio operation she she named him gladio was the name that the intelligence used she said this was a and a was the original uh anti-communist activities that we did after world war ii gladio b was the 9-11 and the entrance into uh the middle east and all the wars in iraq Mm -hmm. we took out libya we took out afghanistan supposedly (laughs) they kind of took it back and she calls Gladio C is the COVID operation. Gotcha. It's a complete SOP. And it has the fingerprints of the SOP all over it. Sure. Okay, think back to when COVID first hit. And they were showing pictures of those hospitals with lines and the people in the hazmat oh, suits. Oh, the trucks full of dead bodies. Remember Elmhurst, New York? Mm-hmm. It was a hospital in Elmhurst. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, my God, we get a guy the very next day goes over there with his cell phone and there's nobody. Hmm. Dude, it's contrived. We haven't even talked about the influence that these intelligence agencies have on television and film. Sure. Over 1,800 films and television shows have been partnered with either the CIA or the Department of Defense. And you got to think about it. Take Take uh, a lot of these CIA films were by, you know, the books by Tom Clancy. I don't know if you yeah, read yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a former Intel guy. So right, he, Red Dawn. Did yeah, he do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Dawn. And then what's the, uh, oh, the series with that young. Oh, uh, Jack Reacher. No, or, no, no, uh, not Reacher. It's another CIA thing where he's always, you know. Anyway, they're always portrayed as the hero and getting there just in time sure. to save 100 people. You know, they never talk about the dirty dealings that we do. Bomb an entire house. and I mean, you know, there's a there's one of the books that got me into this at start was called Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And he talked about that most of the takeovers that we did in South America, you know, we started this segment talking about the takeover in Guatemala. We never had to use any force. But that, isn't that kind of the idea? We had of buckets up? of money. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just... yeah. 
And we would use the money to influence the media in these countries to report on things in a certain way to make us look favorable. You know, who was the in uh, Iraq? Remember Jessica Lynch? Yeah. She was a female right. truck driver that was supposedly uh, POW and captured, and they said she was raped by the Iraqi soldiers, and apparently that's all bullshit. The Osama, really? Yeah, the Osama bin Laden thing was all bullshit. I mean, the death. It, it's all contrived. And now we're in the middle of COVID, and it was this horrible, terrible thing that terrified everyone. Now all of a sudden they're rolling stuff back. What's yeah. right around the corner? Election. Elections. Yeah. I mean, it's, it it's just work. insane. Well, I mean, it is but people gross. are figuring it out. I mean, it's not like we're the first podcast oh, to ever sure, talk yeah. about this stuff. If you look at public uh, sentiment right now, it's a, a vast majority of people do not trust this, the FBI. You know, when you, Snowden, WikiLeaks, uh, Assange, you know, people have been exposing this. Seymour Hersh have been exposing this stuff. Sabelle Edmonds, there's so many whistleblowers. We're going to, you know, one of the next three, four weeks, we'll do a 9-11 show because mm. some of the, there's stories within there, whistleblowers, credible people who show their, I was a CIA operative and I'm coming forward. And you just go, my God, can you believe that our government in, in even the slightest manner would be involved in something that killed 3,000 people, our own people, and ended up killing millions worldwide? Yeah, just the effects. For profit. Yeah. I mean, one decision like that can, can it's, fuck up the whole world. I mean, it, it is hard to believe. You know, Zero, Zero Dark Thirty was a, a movie uh, that was about how they got to Osama bin Laden, supposedly how the CIA got the information. Yeah. And it came out, and in the movie, they showed torture. I think I told you my cousin, the CIA guy, actually wrote some of the protocol for the waterboarding. No kidding? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, he told my sister that. She's a super lib, and it really pissed her off. But, <laughs> hey, it pisses me off, too. I'm not, yeah, not at him, but I'm not in favor of torture. No, ever. no, it doesn't, get you, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't give you good information. No, you'll get something, but it'll go on a goose chase, and it's basically what happened. So, I mean, that movie showed the CIA. They did all this great stuff, but then they got slammed because they included a torture scene in there. Mm. But, oh, I know the other thing I was going to say about the... the Tom Clancy movies, you know, a filmmaker wants to make uh, Red Dawn. That was, wasn't that the submarine one? That was Red October. Red, Red October. Dawn was the North Korea. That's right. So the hunt for Red October. Is that what Tom Clancy? That's okay. Tom Clancy, okay. not Red Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hunt for Red October. People are going to be going, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Red Dawn was that one where, we the, got teen, it eventually. where the teenagers with shotguns. Right. Were, and then that, so you know, North, North Koreans drop out of the sky. Yeah, that was ridiculous. But. Hunt for Red October was very well done, but they needed a submarine for that. So what do you do if you're a filmmaker and you need access to a nuclear submarine? You go to the Department of Defense and say, hey, we're making this film. It's a Tom Clancy adaptation. Do you think you could help us with a submarine? And they're going to, yeah, we could probably do that. Let me see the script. Oh. That's how it works. Right. I mean, think about all the shows that are on television. I think CBS has a show on the FBI right now. It's probably I think it's called the FBI. There's net, you know, 
Department of Homeland Security, we talked about in the last show, just issued a memo that said the greatest threat to our democracy are purveyors of misinformation that are likely to create distrust of our government. I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty grossly over. I mean, done. so my, my, I mean, that's a psyop yeah. right there. They're trying to convince a certain portion of the American public to believe that these other people are purveyors of mis- misinformation and you shouldn't trust them. And there is a great percentage. I don't know how many it was 30 percent, 40 percent. But, you know, they're still terrified of COVID. I saw some woman on Twitter freaking out because they're going to drop mask mandates at her kid's school. Just, she's terrified. Now, that is the textbook case of a psychological operation. Right. The media made this out to be the worst disease ever, even though it has a 99.5% survival rate without any treatment at all. And you changed someone's lifestyle and the way they think. I mean, now these people, before they never would have thought about wearing a mask. Right. And now it's all they think about. So psychological operation pretty psych- well done guys there's certainly a psychological issue there it's like we talked about the canadian truckers they use the nazi flag which they paid some guys to walk out with a swastika the cbc which is a government-owned media organization canadian broadcasting company they show the picture of the swastika which isn't reality at all no probably not so people are waking up but I think what we've covered in the last two shows, I think it, it really gives you a picture of how it started, where it's gone. And, you know, as we look further back, I mean, you can go back to the Gulf of Tonkin in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Turns out that didn't happen right. at all. You can go back to World War II, so, Pearl so, Harbor. You know, we knew that the yeah. Pearl Harbor attack was coming yeah. and didn't do anything about it. Yeah, but it got us, I mean... There's a justifiable argument for that, I think. But we let 3,000 sailors die. Yeah, but uh, what if if we hadn't gotten involved? I don't know. I think uh, I think we that's what led us to you know yeah, help but, over there in uh, in but, Europe. And, yeah, and, but people forget that Eisenhower ran on being totally anti-war. FDR, sure. not Eisenhower, yeah. Roosevelt. Oh yeah, FDR. yeah, yeah. Well, it, because it was after what we were, we were isolationists. Uh, that's uh, you, right. You know, so so he needed an excuse after Lyndon Lease. After we did all that stuff. I mean, exactly. it, the world would be a very different place if they had said, hey, we're just going to pull all the ships out here and we're going to not have a not having a justification to go to war with Japan. Read Smedley Butler's book, All Wars Are Bankers' Wars. And he covers mm-hmm. World War II. It's all yeah. about money. I'm, yeah, it definitely. always is. I would agree with that yeah. for sure. But All right. So that was a good one, man. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time on the next edition of Clarification. Thanks, my brother. Yep.